Golight presents Murder Most Irish. episode of Murder Most Irish. Emma is still alive. It's alive. And I'm 69 and feeling alive. Uh, what does uh, Colin say in this video? Well, for those who want to still feel alive. <laughs> I am good. <coughs> I'm still sick, but I am oh, so much better. You were very sick. Oh, I feel amazing. Like, I feel so much better. Do you feel good? Yeah, like, compared to last week, I am like, oh God, this you were like really yeah, unwell. Like I was walking to the bathroom and then I was like, like at 95, like. Oh, like Emma. And then I pissed my pants. You pissed your pants. Fully pissed my pants in the kitchen. Was this because you were coughing? And I said, I can't stop this. No, no, honestly. So it's a lot all, of, it's it, happening. it just, you just gotta roll like with I the do. punches. So I just pissed myself and then I cleaned it up. But like, I was like, there's not like I could do. Like there's no point walking to the bathroom because I would have just dragged Yes. Piss. Yes. Sorry, yes, everybody. Yes. Hello, welcome. Yes, I Sorry, get you. Apologies. Apologies. Um, well, I uh, didn't know what to do without you. <laughs> I was literally fermenting in my bedroom. I became a full-blown horticulturist. <laughs> I've grown seventy-five thousand plants. Oh, lovely though. Uh, no, I'm out talking to them. I'm out like trimming them. I'm feeding them. I'm washing them. I get them to grow. I talk to them. Uh, like I'm, yeah, I'm obsessed with them, but only because I hadn't. No one to be obsessed with for a full week. No one to talk to. Um, we obviously did the garden projects that I talk about all of my life. I've been in Ikea so many times. Is that just for stuff for the garden? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Like, he is fun, though. Do you know what I said to Graham? What? We actually had a great time every time we went to Ikea. But it's amazing the amount of relationships you just watch implode in Ikea. Oh, yeah. People kill each other. Just people watch- kill making Ikea furniture as well. I feel like people lose their fucking minds me included I lose my mind like, I just I'm, leave Graham alone I'm really bad at it so I find the best thing because Graham, Graham and me work very differently yeah 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 so even today he was building something and I said uh, is that the right way and he said uh, excuse me what do you mean uh, and I said he said you would have just taken it all out ho- hoped it all went together wouldn't have read the instructions he's right stuck this together right. and then being like oh this doesn't work and I was like yeah he's absolutely right and he was like yeah well I know Graham's got that stuff yeah Graham takes it all out he lays yeah. all the different bits That's out he reads too. the manual full then he goes back to all the bits and he counts them in correlation with the like actual manual to be like I've got enough and then inevitably two hours later he's like this is shy this uh, this is not right no, I'm, I'm terrible like, at uh, Colin's really good Colin's really patient I don't have any patience like when we were building my TV stand out there I was like verge of murdering somebody or myself but then yeah so we're in Ikea watching people's relationships just fall apart Lilia at least 27 reindeer balls um, what the fuck is a reindeer, reindeer meatballs ball? in Ikea oh like at least 27 of them <laughs> um, Graham has had Graham's obsessed with Ikea fish and chips fish and chips Graham loves an oven dinner because like that's what, what his mum used on. to cook so like they make like that breaded fish that you do in the oven in the restaurant. Oh, is there something different about it? No, Graham's just like, loves it. Like, he's like, offish and it's like really cheap. Yeah, Ikea food is fucking um, dirt cheap. So he like, loves, every time we go, he's like, oh, well, like, we'll just get fish and chips. And I'm like, but we're going to have dinner. Yeah, but it's lunchtime. No, I'm like, yeah, but he's like, so forward. <laughs> like, but that's the thing, like, we went there, um, the time we went there, got a fry, it was like three, three something. 
for a fry. Yeah, so if you're an IKEA family member, it's even cheaper. <sighs> That's it's like two fifty or something. And if you're an IKEA family member, I think you get free tea and coffee Monday to Friday. Yeah. IKEA. Yeah, no, I don't. I, like, I think that I don't think people who aren't from Ireland understand that we use IKEA as like a full day out. Oh yeah, like it's an event. <laughs> A full event. Because there's only one of them. Yeah. And well, there's a little one, Cabatini. Yeah, but there's like that big, so you go there, then you get your food, and you shop around, yeah, and then you, maybe you go food, back and you get go ice through, cream. You get all your bits, in the like, cat, like, so you go through everything, write them all down, figure out where they all are, then you walk through the whole store after your food, then you get downstairs, go through all the whole, like, little, 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 bits, like, little, little bits. bits, kitchen bits, then you get to the self-service bit, take all your stuff out, get in this queue that's like seven million people long, then after the queue, you get yourself a hot dog and ice cream. And then you go and load and you can't load it in the car because it doesn't fit because nope. you've over you've overbought. And then you go back upstairs to the delivery section. You're like, delivered. hey, can you deliver this? But I got stuff for forty five euro, please. It's cheaper now. It's on twenty nine. Good. Fuck me. They were taking the piss over the pandemic. I got stuff delivered, and he he had broken some of it, and I was like, this is broken. I can't oh, take no. it. And he was like, you can bring it back to the store. No, and I, I can't. I was like, uh, do you? I've paid for delivery because I can't bring it back to the store doesn't fit my car and he was like I'm not, he wouldn't take it back so then I had to like physically figure out a way to get it in the car got it in the car drove back to IKEA by myself so like, I couldn't get Graham to come with me got it all out of the car myself loaded the back on the trolley went up to customer service and they were like we're really sorry he should have just taken it back so then they refunded all the money good they refunded the delivery and the price of the thing that's fucking ridiculous oh, yeah, he wouldn't he take was it back like, was he was a bit like, thick ignorant was he like it's a fucking Saturday I don't want to fight with you Get out of my house. Shit, Graham was laughing at me because he came in and I was like, well, that's broke. And he was like, and then it's a big plastic coffee table. And then I just let it fall on the ground and it made a big noise and he just looked and I was like, you taking this back? And he was like, no. And Graham was like, Sarah, I thought you were going to fuck the thing out of him. He on? said, you just stopped talking to him and you took out your phone and then you were like, Grand, I'll ring Ikea now. And he was like, I can't take it back. And he was like, trying to get out of my house as fast as possible. Um, And I was like, do you know what? I was like, I'm not, I'm in no mood fucking fighting a grown man in my house. That's crazy, yeah. dude. But I came over wonderful. The wonderful everyday. The wonderful everyday. Um but yeah that's all I've been up to. I haven't really been up to anything else. Work was mental. Uh I kept going into work at them. They were like go home. Why were you going into work? Because I was losing my mind, Sarah Jane. Like I was fermenting. I was like I have to get out of this room. So one of the days I was like, I'm okay. I'll go in. And then I went in and I sat at my desk and I was like, <laughs> and John came out and he was like, go home. And then today I got sent home as well. They sent you home today? Yeah. Because I was still coughing. Like when I went good in this morning, I was coughing. But I'm like, I'm not contagious anymore. So that's good. Mm. Like I'm not, I'm not contagious at all. But at the same time, again, I'm like, this is just someone coughing in a small office. Is not I right. think everyone's just paranoid, isn't there? You know, the, so. The COVID vaccine. But I'm much better and we're back and I'm sorry for the uh, two weeks of no episodes because I was like, hey, 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 but I'm better now and hopefully I won't be sick again, but I'm just getting sick all the time now. So that's great. I think you're very stressed now. No, but I'm actually okay. Like I'm glad. A load of stuff's happened kind of once. Maybe my body was like, Bleh. Yeah, I mean, we did you know, put on a live show. We sold it out. You got made redundant. Yeah, so that's maybe, a bit maybe panicky. my whole body is like, you know what, bitch, uh, we're gonna kill you. We're gonna yeah. burn your ass. But yeah, but thanks sh- very much to everybody who. Uh, sorry, I have no brown, and it feels amazing. Yeah, hold your boobs, it's the best. Um, but thanks for everybody who bought tickets to the live show. Yes, oh my god, you guys God's. are amazing. Um, do we want to put the news now about the new show? Uh. I get, uh, or do we want to do a bit later? Yeah, well, we could do housekeeping. I guess it's housekeeping. Housekeeping. Yeah. 
housekeeping. Housekeeping. Like, it is housekeeping. Um, so because the first show show sold out, we didn't think it was going to sell out because because we just didn't. Um, we're gonna put on the second show now. The tickets for the second show are hopefully, hopefully, hopefully going to go on sale next Monday, which is the uh, 28th of May. Um, I'm going to try get them on sale for about 9 a.m. because I think that's a good time for everybody. Um, and then for that, the show is going to be on. Yes. So the date of the show is going to be the 20th of September. So that's the day that we're going to do the second show. It's going to be in the Sugar Club again. Uh, so it's going to be Wednesday, the 20th of September. We tried to get a weekend. We could not get a weekend. So I'm really sorry about that. I know If you people... come to this show and it sells out, the next show will do, try... which will not be in the Sugar no, Club. No, we're going to try for somebody, uh, somewhere else. We will get a weekend. I yeah. did, uh, who was that company I messaged? Oh yeah, they got back to the no space. But they were like more than happy to take us any other dates. Yeah. So they had other dates available. They just didn't suit the dates that we needed yeah um so there are venues available for a saturday but we couldn't get them so we've put on sugar club one if obviously this goes well and we sell it well then obviously we'll put on another show at a later date yes probably like end of the year closer to christmas new year's type thing um and we'll do that on a saturday yeah and um, we'll probably try double the size because if we'll know pretty much what people yeah. will pay but like once again I know a lot of people I completely get the weekend thing because people work Monday to Friday not everybody lives in Dublin it's quite difficult to get hotels they're insanely expensive at the moment as well the only thing I will say is midweek hotels should be cheaper than weekends so if you do need to get a hotel which is crazy that you're even thinking about doing that but thank you so much yeah no it's, it's... Um, the amount of people that are messaging me being like I'm coming from another country I'm like what the amount of people that are like I'm coming from another country like, I'm like I just That's mind blown. Y'all like. need to go on medication. Although like, someone gave it out to me on Facebook because they said, "Stop saying your shit." Because I was like, "Sorry, we're shit podcasters." Um, and they were like, "Stop, stop it. it! You're not stop shit. it!" And I was like, "You're I wonderful. Don't need to go to therapy this weekend." <laughs> but yeah, just uh, we will try our utmost to make the next little weekend. So as I said, hopefully the tickets will be going on sale this Monday, the twenty eighth of May. Uh, the show will be the 20th of September of this year Wednesday 20th of September in the Sugar Club and we'll have more information on uh, Instagram and the whatnots and the Twitters and the whatever we and have. all of the thingies yeah so once again thank you guys so 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 much for fucking selling out the show it's crazy like it's I wasn't expecting it. Also, I learned yesterday, uh, Drea, I don't know why this annoyed me so much, Drea De Matteo from uh, Sopranos. You know the girl from Sopranos? Yeah. Uh, His daughter. No. The girl that, Anthony's girlfriend. Oh, the girl who gets murdered. She's like, I thought that, yeah. Oh, my God. What did you learn? Full-blown Trumper. No way. Like, obsessed with... Uh, what was her name in the show? Anthony and... Oh, it's yeah, gonna drive me nuts. Uh, believes in those. You know what's that thing where, where with the pl- that the planes leave? Oh, like, the tra- crop trails. Or that you see, like you know, there's a, that uh, conspiracy. conspiracy. She fully believes this. Is on her Twitter like supporting Tucker Carlson, and like I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And then there's a guy that I follow on Instagram. He's from a band called H Two O, which are like an old, not old, but a hardcore band from. Uh, from New York and he is his name is Toby Morse and he's friends with like a lot of famous people like you wouldn't expect him to be friends with 
and but he's all like straight edge and positive mental attitude and love everybody and be respectful and he's like best friends with this bitch fuck off putting her up on his Instagram I was like straight edge people are so full of shit like I'm sorry I don't mean to be bad but like this co- like they will excuse the worst shit for their positive mental attitude crap I'm like yeah you don't drink but you're best friends with a fucking trumper so yeah that really bothered me yesterday because I was like for fuck's sake we can't have anything that's insane yeah she's like Adriana Adriana what's her name in Sopranos and she fucking dies like she put up this thing being like this Tucker Carlson released a new video what and she put up a thing being like yeah go Tucker I was like girl Carl log off and then she was like the chemtrails are real I was like no they're not I was like oh no we've lost her she's gone you know what if chemtrails are real I am fucked even here like the planes are so low yeah. coming down. If here. you think it's bad, you should see where I work. Like some in the morning in particular, me and Rachel to be like, uh, the planes like, like uh, they are literally right beside the roof of our building. That's crazy. Like we're right at the runway. Yeah, and just, in the mornings they're lower. Yeah, I deal with a, a company out that way. And I was talking to the girl one day and she was like, Sorry, it's the planes. And I could literally hear like mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, How do you get you get used you just to get this? used to it? She was like, Yeah, you could you just it's like the first two weeks I was here, I was like Every time she heard it, because it just feels like it's going to be crashing building. What's that? They hit the second tower? Like that? <laughs> situation, do you know what I mean? But uh, anyway, I'm sad about Dre and Mateo. I'm sad about anything else. Anything else happened? No, I deleted all my social media, so I'm not seeing anything bad. Did you? Someone said to me, Emma's gone off social media, and I was like, yeah, she does that from time to time. Yeah, I got rid of my Instagram and, then, and all my things. They were like, um, oh, okay, it's I was nice, going to message dude. her. It's about nice. something. And uh, I was like, yeah, no, she's, I was like, she's gone off. I was like, she might come back. She might not. Yeah. It's nice. Like, honestly, I haven't been doom scrolling at all. I haven't been looking at anything bad. I, I see stuff because obviously I'm online, but like, I'm like, oh, this is so nice. Oh, it's lovely. Like I just, because I'm not, I think the thing about it, social media as well is like you kind of get to a point where you're like, I have to know this. I have to know these things. Yeah. I have to be kept up to date. And now I'm like, oh no, I like being stupid. Yes. <laughs> it's great it's good feeling I'm not harming anybody I'm not saying anything bad about anybody but I don't need to know the intricacies of the American Supreme Court right now I don't need to know that yeah I get you uh, I have my own I'm not in the same place I'm watching everything and looking at everything and reading everything no I just um, all those people uh, people came for me on Twitter just saying what happened <laughs> for you yeah like on your part, on our account no no it's on our account oh um, what you call it there was a guy that was like you know what's that lady who plays the nun in Dairy Girls she's so funny oh she won the BAFTA yeah and yeah, she yeah, got yeah. up and she gave like a, a, I saw her speech it was great and she, at the end she was like like essentially the Northern Ireland government get your shit together and uh, ba- BBC cut it out oh. and someone put like uh, like someone put it up but I was like there is a law in the UK where you can't like show like certain imagery that's like related to like politics as in, which is related to the House Commons I was like it could be that <laughs> oh like I logged like I obviously just was like talking to this guy we were just chatting and um, then I had like 157 what? like comments being like girl you so dumb girl death doesn't exist Blah, and I was just like man people need to like like the thing I find about like the internet is people are so affronted all oh the time. pylons pylons they like, love I pylon. was like they love and then this one guy was like reporting the name because her name is Murder Most Irish and I was like what I literally he was the only guy I responded back to to be like hey chill your beans dude we're like the pod- name of our podcast it's our, our name of our 
Twitter is Murder, Murder Most, Most Irish. Irish. Yeah. And he was like, reporting the name. And then I was like, here, chill your beans. I was like, also, if you scroll down, I was like, yeah, clearly got it wrong. Thanks very much for the info. I was like, but also, it's the name of our podcast. And then he came back and he was like, yeah, I'm really sorry. I just, you know, saw the name and jumped to conclusions. And I was like, I think everybody on this thread just did that. Do you think that we wanted to murder Irish people? I was like... And the people were like, what's wrong with the name? People then were dogpiling on him. And I was like, do you know what? I'm just deleting this top comment. Yeah, delete it. Because people are delete crazy it. on Twitter. Like, that's the thing. Like, Flavio- People are crazy on it, but on everything. everything. Flavio told me he was on Reddit a while ago. And he was he, he follows, like, this game thing. And somebody put a comment. And Flavio was like, he said he made a comparison. And he was like, it's, oh, it's like this. And then the guy underneath was like, no, no, it's not. Because of blah, blah, blah. And Flavio was like, oh, cool. Thanks for letting me know. And he said, people were losing yeah. their minds and he was like Emma I did I thought I'd said he was like I thought I'd said something really bad and he went back and all I said was maybe like this and the guy was like no no and he's like oh yeah cool thanks so much for letting me know people were like you fucking moron yeah, people were like, were like what did I say people were literally sending me like comments to Twitter and they were like you're so dumb oh, you're an idiot and I was like lads calm down the other thing is I don't talk to people like that either no, on the internet neither do I I'm like hey maybe I. read this thing unless if they're racist or the only thing like, I used to do is when men insulted women on TikTok I'd write okay short king but apart from that that's the only thing that I did and then they'd be like I'm not short I'm six or two and I'm like okay short king like that's the only thing I ever did because I found it so funny because they were like coming for women the most vile vitriolic shit and all you have to do is call them short Okay, and they lose their minds and then one, this one, other one time this guy was being really really horrible to this girl that I felt like unnecessarily and he was a redhead so I was like okay fire crotch <laughs> oh wow this dude was looking for my IP address <laughs> no, he, he lost his shit I was like I was just I was just he, he left like 15 comments under my one comment under okay fire crotch and he was like <laughs> and the people in the comments were like the fuck is wrong with this guy and I was and then at the end of it I just started okay fire crotch and he was like I'm telling you, this guy wanted me dead. Yeah. But he was on this comment and calling her a fat fuck, that she needed an extender to wipe her own ass, that she was going to die in a hole. By, like, the most... And all I said was, okay, Firecrotch. And it was war. What the hell? Yeah, I was just laughing at him. But that's the thing, I just laugh at him. I'm like, I'm not offended by this. Dude. No, that's even when I went on to Twitter. I'm someone had messaged You're me so stupid. Like, like, I'm someone not... had messaged us. Sorry, DM'd you. Yeah, no, but DM'd me and was like, it's a rough day. Hope you're okay. And I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, and don't... then I went like back and I was like, oh. And then I was like, <laughs> I just wrote back being like, people are dumb. <laughs> like, I don't know. People like that. I saw her speech. And I know the BAFTAs have this thing where they're like, don't talk about politics. Politics. They have that thing where they're like, don't talk about politics. And I was like, you can't really tell the actress from a show called Derry Girls. Not to talk about not politics. Not to talk about politics. That's not a thing. Like, She's so funny. She is a delight. A delight. A delight. And she was wearing uh, a fashion brand dress. Yeah. Which I was obsessed with because I love a fashion brand. Penelope Gazin is amazing. Um, but I love her and I wish her so much good things in her life yeah. she deserves all of them Star of the Speech was so funny so as sweet. my mother lay dying in the Bonds Pyramid Hospital of Cork she said would you not go back in <laughs> and be a teacher <laughs> and be a teacher <laughs> if she could see me now hilarious she, there's a lady I work with who reminds me of her so much every time I see her I'm like oh my god you're just 
you're her. Really? Like, the way she speaks, the way she acts, how she looks. Like, she just reminds me of her so much. And I'm like, I love her so much. She's great. But yeah, sorry you got that shit. Oh, on, I didn't uh, care. I was in work. Like, here's your thing yeah, about I me. Yeah, you go like, to work. Here's your thing about me on YouTube. <laughs> I look at it in the morning. I don't have time for the rest no. of the day to look at it. No. I don't look at it in work. The only thing I do in work is sometimes me and Rachel mess with the uh, filters on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't read anything. Like, sometimes you text me and I don't... Like, today you, you text me yeah, and yeah, I yeah. didn't get time until I go home. Um, so um, I get it. You're, you don't... Like, you go to work, you I, do your thing. I know. And I also... My entire life is not... On, I'm not you're terminally not, on the internet. You're not online. You're not chronically no. online. You're not. And like, it's really, really good way to be. I think everybody goes through that period in their lives of our age group and younger now where... It, you get to a point where you're online where everything you do in real life equates to the internet. So how people are on the internet, they need to be in real life. And then when they're not, you're like affronted by this. But I've got to the point now where I'm like, I treat people with respect. I don't say slurs. I not. To, I try to be a good person. And besides that, there is nothing else. I'm, like, I'm not, I can't do anything else. I'm not fighting the world on behalf of a 12 year old sitting on Twitter. Or, like I can't do that. Mm. Like, you know, I think it's great that people are political online and I think it's fantastic that there's activism online. But a lot of these people, unfortunately, don't have a concept of the outside world. So then when they go into the outside world, it's like, why isn't this the way I wanted to be? And that's really hard for people. Yeah. And I, I would worry about those people because like, that can be really hard in your spirit because you're like, but everybody, it's like what we said about our bubble. We're, our, an echo we're in a bubble because yeah. everybody that we surround ourselves with is like-minded to us. Yeah. Now imagine that with seven million bajillion people on the internet and yeah. a group of people that you have th- tens and thousands of people and then you walk outside and it's like nobody is like yeah, that. Yeah. That's really difficult. But uh, what I say is get off the internet. Get off the internet! Like Latigra said, get off the internet. Um, we'll meet you in the streets. Hey guy, people that are attacking Sarah, catch me outside. Catch me outside. Catch me outside. Catch me outside. Um, I buy every single well yeah we got a really interesting email <gasps> uh, actually from it's quite long but should I read it a guy called Ed English should Colin will do something with this he said hey Emma and Sarah loving the show I've binged the first 85 episodes in about 6 weeks I Jesus think. Christ I've had so many people staring at me in the Lewis because I've randomly burst out laughing at a jam tram in the middle of the rush hour anyway on a few episodes you've talked about murderers not pleading guilty even after they confess to the guardie when they are being questioned and the evidence is overwhelming. There is a reason for this and it's not just because they are liars and murderers although they are. This came up when I was in college years ago studying law and the reason for it is that in Irish law the mandatory sentence for murder is a life sentence. This sounds perfectly reasonable but the problem is it removes all incentive for anyone to ever plead guilty to a murder charge. Much better to go to trial and hope for a manslaughter conviction or for the guardie or judge to make a mistake and the whole thing gets dropped and the unfortunate family of the victim are dragged through a trial even when it's plainly obvious that the person charged did it also you've wondered aloud justifiably how defence barristers sleep at night there used to be a thing in the law that a barrister couldn't refuse a case regardless of the circumstances uh, that was in place to make sure that anyone charged with a crime would always be able to find someone who would defend them in court 
I don't know if this is still the rule in place, but the culture of defending whoever needs defending regardless certainly lives on. All of this leads to scenarios where defence barristers who know deep down that their client is guilty are obliged to defend them with anything that they can find, is why you'll sometimes have barristers standing up in court trying to cast doubt on DNA or fingerprint evidence. All they have in an open and shut case is to try and create reasonable doubt, and generally juries are smart enough to see through it. Everyone gets a defence, even if it's a patently ridiculous defence. Hope that makes sense. I hope I'm not mansplaining. You absolutely are not. Slightly worried it might come across that way, but not at all my intention. The courts and the judicial system are weird. They are still wearing powder wigs for fuck's sake. Anyway, I love the show. Please keep doing what you're doing. The genuine emotion of banter and crack is missing. Oh, sorry, is missing or forced on so many podcasts. You're both a breath of fresh air. Oh! All the best and thanks for the laugh, Ed. Ed, thank you very, very, that very much really for this email. This is so informative, so interesting. Uh, it's nice to hear it from somebody that studied law. You were not mansplaining. Thank you very, very, very much for that email. You mansplained a little bit. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very, very much, Ed. And we really appreciate it. Yeah, thank no, you. that's such a... Yeah. He's a very... Well, he's a smart dude. Isn't he's he? A little, like, a little smart boy. I could follow along. Yeah. At no point was I like, huh? Come huh? back. Hmm? Come back. He, why? he used the language. He, he knew what to say. He said, these two dumb bitches. Yeah. We're going to break it down. But Ed, thank you so much. I just thought that was such an interesting email and really cool because I know a lot of the time Sarah and I, Jane and I when we're doing certain things. Blaze. Like, Blaze. 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 Blaze is like, uh, Blaze is like, DNA doesn't exist. DNA is not real. I was going to say Blaze Bailey, but that's bad from, uh, from Iron Maiden, I believe. So that's yeah. not bad. Uh, but yeah. Blaze. Blaze O'Carroll. Blaze O'Carroll. Uh, Blaze O'Carroll one time said that DNA wasn't real in the case. So I he don't know said, about Blaze O'Carroll said DNA wasn't, it hasn't been around long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Blaze is just making it up. So Ed, thank you again. I just thought it was a really nice email. So that's a good email. And very informative because, you know, the people that attack us on the internet, we don't know everything. Yeah. I'm not studying law books to bring you a half hour of content every week. I haven't um I haven't gotten anything on the internet like other than that thing. But like to be fair, I said the wrong thing. Yeah, but, and I went but, but there was no need I, for like, the body. I went on I went on and was like, cool, learn something. And yeah. the guy who wrote was like, Oh yeah, no, you might be right. I'm not I don't think so. And I was like, Yeah, no, probably not. Probably not. And then but it's quite, it's 175,000 <laughs> people were like, You stupid you bitch! Stupid Irish Catholic <laughs> whore. <laughs> Why don't you go eat some fucking potatoes? Uh, here, I followed. I know you're not on the internet anymore, but there's this guy on Twitter and I need no TikTok. I need to show him. Who is he? He's a guy that puts on a tinfoil hat and pretends to be a fella that lives underneath. Uh, <laughs> I love him already. Under Deccan in in his house. I love him already. And there's a thing where his wife comes out and she goes, "Do you have any potatoes?" And it's obviously him under the deck. Yeah. And then they just cut to him going, Ugh! and it's just this potato coming out of his mouth. I'll show you later. I love him already. He's so. I showed it to Graham. I also love that his wife is fully in it. Yeah. That's great. I showed it to Graham and Graham was like, this is not funny. And then like four hours later, he was like, this is funny. It's funny. Like. Yeah, I kind of love him already. Jubilation beans. Anyway. Is he Irish? No. He's from somewhere in the States. I'll show him later. America. Do you have anything else to add to this uh, conversation? You're a dirty bitch. I'm sick. I'm fuck even when you're not sick. I am sick. Um, I felt like Colin today. I wanted people to come in and cry over my bed. As we're walking in, as we're walking in, I said, God love her, she's very sick. I've been very sick. I said, Colin, fuck off. Very sick. He has allergies. We all have allergies. He said, uh, How are your allergies? No one cares. I, uh, I had, so last week I got my period. Ugh. And uh, it wasn't my allergies, just my period. I had a headache for five days, like full blown migraine for five days. Couldn't Sarah, get rid of it. what the took fuck? At least, you don't come for me. <laughs> I took at least 16 painkillers. <laughs> right? I don't give a fuck. A day. 
I was trying anything to get rid of this migraine. I could not get rid of it. And my, it was the one week in work where I was like up to my fucking tits. What's that piercing you could get that helps with migraines? I got it. It doesn't, it didn't work. Ah, the lies. The date one. The lies you tell. Uh, it did nothing. I don't really have any fucking ah. housekeeping. Katie Taylor lost. Everybody's upset. I saw that. Colleen um, was at the pub the other night and he's like, I don't even know she was uh, fighting. And he's like, oh, Katie Taylor lost. And I was like, oh. Has she ever lost before? I have no idea. I've no idea. I just felt very bad for her because I feel terrible. It's in Ireland. I'm thinking like you have to lose at some point, right? You've everybody got in the place and the thing. Um, but we went to New York. and She was fighting. Yeah, Did but she was the same time? day we landed. Did she? Yeah, that? she won that oh, time. Okay, okay, I didn't know. And I was uh, the most Irish person in the world. Just to say, rest in peace, Katie Taylor. <laughs> Katie Taylor's not dead. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Katie Taylor. She's a great sportsman. Has anybody died since you've been sick? Fucking uh, Andy Stewart from the fucking Smiths died. The bass player for the Spits uh, died. Josh Freese is the new drummer for the Foo Fighters. Did you see the announcement? No. It was actually kind of funny. Like, I feel like they should just... Yeah. Step, take, Emma, take I... A, take, a, take a wee step back. I don't know if... Uh, if Your best friend just died. Irish people deal with... Do we more and more? Death very differently than the rest of the world. Yeah, it's like, you know... Like, what's that comedian? Alan? No. It's a really old... Tom, Tom, Tom Allen? Anyway, this is a comedian from back in the day, and uh, he's like Irish people, like have a fucking they like as Irish people we just have this massive party. They're not afraid of death. He was like the English are terrified. Of yeah, death. yeah, yeah. He was like they come out at death. There's a week. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But also we don't in the sense that like we have a great big party. We also like traditionally. Like, women wear black for the rest of their lives. They cut off we all bored, their hair. They like, never remarry. Like, we really get stuck <coughs> into the fact that, like... Like, if somebody died that we knew we were younger, we weren't allowed to send, like, Christmas cards. You're not allowed to send Christmas cards. Yeah, you weren't allowed to send any sort of, like, joyous thing. So I know when my nanny died, my one of my aunties was like, we're not sending cards this year because, yeah. like, as... That always happened to my Out family. of respect from, yeah. from my grandmother. That always happens like, when somebody died in I like Happy Christmas, everybody! Here's seven cards. Yeah, but like it's it's what I fair, whatever. It's not my business. Like <laughs> Dave Grohl knows gives a fuck what I think. But I was just like, his mom died. His best friend oh, died. His mom died. T- his mom died. He was like his best friend. Oh, I didn't know his mom. His mom died. died, and then either like Taylor died or the other way around. Like they were literally one after the other. How is like like clearly these people are. And uh, I, but I don't think he can stop. Just by say addicted to what they do. Yeah, like fully addicted to what they do because they could have easily just taken a break for a long uh-huh. time they have enough money do you know what I mean yeah so it's clearly not about money because no. they are minted they com. did like a live stream last night and the live stream was like so like the guy oh. Chad from the Red Hot Chili Peppers comes in and he's like here I got you your takeaway and everybody thinks he's the drummer right then uh, who else came in Tommy Lee from Motley Crue he comes in and he's like, eh, I brought you your Chinese, whatever. And then Danny Carey from Tool came in and I was like... That could be believable. I was like, it might be Danny Carey from Tool. That could be believable. And then it cuts to like just a shot of the band fully standing around in a circle and there's just a voice and this guy's like, are we going to play a fucking song or what? And then I was like, that's Josh Reese because he plays with fucking everybody. Um, and it just cut and, just, and I was like, he's played with everybody. Do you mm. know Josh Reese once released an album that had different variations of the price of it and the highest price of the album 
was like, I don't know, like a couple of like thousand dollars. It was quite expensive. And in that, he played in your band. <laughs> so he like, Stop. He, got, like so he hung out with you. He got signed merch. And he joined your band for like a day or a week or something and played in That's your band. That's crazy. Yeah, I was like. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you know that the guy, the guy, H. John Benjamin, that does the voice of Bob's Burgers and Bob's Burgers, you know, he does Bob? Yes. Yeah. That's an album. A jazz album. Okay. So he got a bunch of really, really professional jazz musicians to make music. And then he does, he doesn't know how to play the piano, but he decided to like, he, so there's this amazing jazz music playing. And then he's just like, for 12 tracks, full album of this jazz. It's what? fucking hilarious. It's genuinely one of the funniest things I've ever heard. And I'm like, this is such a random thing. But yeah, full album, jazz album, proper jazz musicians and him, and he cannot play the piano. <laughs> And it is the funniest but thing But doesn't he, isn't it that song on TikTok that always plays that people say it's him? Don't tell me. It's like... Oh, it's a band, yeah. But they yeah. think he sounds like yeah, him. But it sounds yeah. like Bob. Yeah, but he um, does. If anybody... Google hit Sean Benjamin Jazz album, it's fucking... And he said when he was recording it, he didn't tell them. <laughs> they came in and they were like, what is happening? But they were professional, so they kept going. Because he cannot play the piano. That's crazy. Not a note, but yeah, listen to it if you get a chance. That's everything. Hey, Colin, tell us about the Patreon. Sure thing, Lily Pops. Hey there, MMI fans. It's me, Colin, and do I have news for you? It's all going down over at www.patreon.com forward slash murdermost Irish, where we've totally revamped our Patreon offering for you mega fans. That's right. Now all of your favorite Patreon stuff can be found in one place as we bring you our MMI Super Show exclusively for Patreon. Featuring all the usual banter and chat between Emma and Sarah Jane, plus me thrown into the bargain. Along with Lily's Tales, Maximina's Bell Bag and some surprises along the way. But that's not all. Every single week, due to popular demand, we will be bringing you a full-length story. Whether it be Miscellaneous Most Irish for those cases that just don't fit on the main show. Murder Most international for those cases you guys have been crying out for or even music most awesome where we talk about our favorite albums but wait there's even more how about mmi drive the fan favorite podcast show where emma and sarah jane drive around dublin talking about all sorts of shite plus our monthly ask me our segment where you get to pick the brains of the girls and maybe even ask me a question or two so what are you waiting for come on over to www.patreon.com forward slash murder most irish and join in the fun for only six euros a month give my mommy six euros so this week i'm going to cover the case of the murder of moira rankin um this is a case from the north of ireland and i got my information from the mirror judiciary and i i got basically the entire breakdown of the of the trial uh casemind.com the belfast telegraph uh the independent a couple of articles for the Belfast Telegraph. And after I'd written this fucking thing, uh, realised that the wonderful Sinead from Men's Ray had done an episode. And Sinead's structure of podcasts is my favourite thing. I think she's wonderful at it. So I'm absolutely raging I didn't uh, just listen. listen to it. But I will say I did listen towards the end and I got some information from Sinead as well. So it's the episode of um, Moira Rankin uh, on Men's Ray. Rankin's such an unusual surname. Rankin, yeah. R-A-N-K-I-N. It used to be a guy on my road and his surname was Rankin. Rankin, I think it's English. Mm. as far as I know uh, so there is trigger warnings for elder abuse in this um, there is trigger warnings for sexual assault um, I'm trying to think is there anything else Corey? 
just general horrific violence. So just if that's not your cup of tea, obviously if you listen to this podcast, it is, but you know. So Christmas 2008. Also, I apologize for my voice because I do not sound good. So Christmas 2008, a 81-year-old Moira Rankin made plans to spend the holidays with her daughter Brenda in Lock Brickland in Londonderry. And she only lived about 15 minutes away. So I Google mapped it and it's a 14-minute drive. Okay. Uh, Moira was a bubbly, kind, independent person, but her struggle with chronic asthma meant she needed the help of her family. She had eight daughters. Eight? Eight daughters. Jesus. In the days preceding Christmas. Moira's family adored her, and each one of them took turns looking after their mother, making sure she had everything she needed. So she lived by herself? Lived by herself, yeah. Moira was due to travel to Brenda's on Christmas Eve, but she decided to change her mind. and She said she'd travel on Christmas Day instead. So she'd been feeling like super crappy. And then on Christmas Eve, she's like, oh, I kind of feel better, but I don't. I just want to stay in my house. I just want to chill, not be getting in cars, dragging bags, being around everybody. So she rang her daughter, Brenda, and was like, I'm going to come tomorrow. She's 81 years old. 81 years old. She's so independent, like... Um, Moira was feeling better as I said so Brenda agreed to this and in a phone call at 10pm on a Christmas Eve Moira told Brenda that she was all packed and looking forward to the next day so she's like I've got everything it's just, she's so sweet I just this breaks my heart the next day came and at 9.47am Brenda called her mother's house phone and mobile but couldn't get an answer she panicked remembering that Moira's asthma was becoming more and more of a major health issue Brenda got into her car and began to drive to her mother's house now, in the meantime, Maura's sister had attempted to call her at 9am, then again answer. at 9.30am, and she too began to panic, and she sent her husband to check on Moira. At around 10.20am, he knocked on Moira's door, and not receiving an answer, he called out to her. Still nothing. He noticed the living room light was on as he walked upstairs. Oh, he got in? Yeah, he had a key. Okay. They all had keys to get into our house. And there he found two porcelain ornaments laying outside Moira's door. He called out again. When she did not answer, he entered the bedroom. Were they broken? The ornaments, nope. They're just lying there. It was there he found Moira. She was laying on the floor, naked, with just a blanket covering her lower half. Beside her were broken pieces of a wedding gift Moira and her husband had received decades before, and it was a crucifix. Moments later, Brenda arrived, and she too had to take in the horrific sight of her elderly mother laying on the ground. Moira's brother come in law sorry made the call to the police as Brenda mourned her deceased mother she was dead she's dead yeah she lied on the ground yeah so Brenda initially sorry the way you said that now I thought she was still alive no Brenda initially thought it was like uh, natural causes she was like oh she must have fallen out of the bed and the blanket fell over her or she banged her head or something happened because she's 81 she's chronic asthma she's on a nebulizer constantly but then, obviously, when she kind of looked around, she was like, oh, something's really, really wrong here. Yeah. Brenda knew then that this was not a fall or an accident and someone had murdered her mother. She was like, what? like the way she was like, I, I, like, if I saw an 80, not to say, but if it was your elderly relative and you found them on the ground, you your just first assume. thing is like, they've fallen. But then when she started kind of looking around, she was like, something's happened here. When police arrived, the house was cordoned off and once news broke of the 81-year-old's death, the PSNI were quick to describe it as, quote, suspicious and particularly violent. It's fucking Christmas, lads. Christmas Eve, these all things always happen at Christmas. What the fuck? <sighs> An inspection of the property quickly discovered that although, although Moira's front door had been locked and there was no sign of forced entry, the back door was open and ajar. The theory of a robbery quickly dismissed as nothing was missing from her home. So there was nothing missing. Her front door 
he had to open the door coming in so it was locked but the back door was like a j- fully open, open. A yeah and not forced open nope a forensic medical officer arrived at the scene at 12 15 p.m as the remaining members of moira's family gathered to comfort comfort each other the officer was able to ascertain that moira had been dead for four to five hours so they had literally her body was still like warm they had walked oh. into her being murdered like four hours previously <clears throat> excuse me uh, which meant that Moira would still have been alive before the first co- phone call her sister had made at 9am but was dead shortly after this as police asked the public for any help regarding the incident Moira's autopsy was carried out by Professor Jack Crane he was a state pathologist for Northern Ireland and this was done on St Stephen's Day so the 26th of December Professor Crane noted that Moira had extensive bruising to her head caused by multiple violent forceful blows with an object she had 16 fractured ribs, eight on each side, which were, which were, quote, consistent with attempts at resuscitation. Now, when investigated, it was noted that neither the family members nor the medical ta- staff had attempted resuscitation because she was dead when they got there and the family didn't try and resuscitate her. Someone either. else tried to resuscitate her. Yeah. Very faint bruising, recent bleeding and rawness were observed on Moira's right labia. She had been sexually assaulted either with an object or fingers. Crane noted, Moira had injuries on her nose and face, which were an indication of her nebulizer that she'd used for her asthma, being shoved or punched into her face. Finally, Professor Crane noted very specific bruising to Moira's chin. It was in a specific shape, and he opined that this was the shape of the crown of thorns of the crucifix that lay beside Moira's body. She was beaten into the face at the top of the crucifix, yeah. I mean, this woman is 81 years of old. 81 years of age. Imagine how terrified she was. Like, my heart's... Like, it's heartbreaking. And this person sexually assaulted her. Yeah. 81. Like, what the fuck is... Animals. I swear to God. Her final report... Sorry, his final report... They're trying to revive her. Yeah. Yeah. Like them. Uh, His final report found that she had been beaten to death with it. DNA was taken from Moira's chin, her breasts, and also from the bottom of the crucifix. As Moira's family, friends and neighbours took in the shock and grief of her brutal murder, the police arrested a 42-year-old woman on December 27th. Yeah. Karen Walsh, a pharmacist who owned a chemist with her husband at Georgia Street in Dublin and who was a neighbour of Moira, was arraigned on the 28th of December. In front of a packed court of Moira's family, Karen only spoke to confirm her name. No request was bit of her bail was made for Karen and she was placed in jail to await her trial. George Street in Dublin? They like the chemist on the corner? I'm not sure which one it is. I couldn't, I couldn't find out which chemist it is but her husband is like way up. The only one I know on George Street is the one on the corner. Well, there's the one on the corner that's gone now. Yeah. That's gone. And then there's another one across the road. With what like year a was red, this? It's 2008 with like a red sign. So I don't know if it's that one. But I don't know. Mm, okay. On Wednesday, the 7th of January, 2009, Moira's funeral took place in St. Mary's of the Assumption Church in Drummond Lane. Hundreds stood outside the church as Auxiliary Bishop of Liverpool, Tom Williams, celebrated Moira's life and mourned her death. Now, she was there; he was like a family friend. These people are very religious. Okay. So Moira was a devout woman. And this was shown in the 10 priests that also gathered with Tom Williams to say the Mass. Her daughter, Anya Brody, spoke of her mother, saying she was bright, chatty and bubbly. She was looking forward to Christmas with her grandchildren. She said her prayers every night when she went to bed. 
She said she had completed her prayers. She said she was going upstairs to watch Midnight Mass on the television. And she was really upset she could not go because her back was sore. Like super, really devout like. So information began to filter out during subsequent bail requests made by Karen Walsh. The police had called to Karen's house on Christmas Day to carry out routine questioning of people in the area. When they spoke to her, she told them she had gone to Moira's house on Christmas Eve with a bottle of vodka and a card for Moira as a gift. When she arrived at 11.45pm, why are you going to an elderly woman's house at a quarter to midnight on Christmas Eve? Yeah. Um, and she stayed for two hours talking to Moira. She told Detective to Constable Graham that Moira seemed really, sorry, seemed very unwell and she was wheezing. She then asked him if Moira had been beaten to death. Which is the first stupid thing they, they all do. They go, uh, did she fall downstairs and get hit by a toaster in the head and then the bread popped out? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, they say the most, like, you're like, why are you asking this question? Don't ask this question, like. Was there a sign written on the ground? Uh, was there a small mouse just sign? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's just... Was the gnome in the front knocked over? <laughs> do you know? Was there a little hat up there? Was there a little, little, little wool hat? Did you notice if the dog was still barking? <laughs> <laughs> um, Graham noted this and at this point the media had only received the detail that Moira's death was being treated as suspicious and nothing about an attack so this oh, was only like hours after fuck. this had happened they immediately got into the like work question if I'd, I'd 110% be this done yeah I would too I think I would be too I'd be like um... or what What happened is I'd hear it from someone and then go oh that was, this happened and they'd be like how do you know that and I'd be like oh. now I have to write out someone I'd be like uh, Sarah told me <laughs> Emma told me. Do you know Emma? She's, across across road. Road. She's got yellow hair. <laughs> She's prone to violent outbreaks. <laughs> she told me what time she wanted to kill someone. Yeah. That's real. That happened. Uh, it's recorded. <laughs> um, so the police spoke to another neighbour who claimed that they had seen a blonde woman sitting on Moira's wall at approximately 7.25am on Christmas morning smoking a cigarette. The neighbour also stated the woman was wearing a quote red 1950s type jumper. Uh, it's like a cardigan or another thing. It was a Cosby sweater. Yeah, a Cosby sweater. When questioned about this, Karen agreed she was wearing a red jumper on Christmas Day, but had not been sitting on Moira's wall. This whole thing is very odd. As police became suspicious of Karen, another neighbour contacted them to advise that Karen had called him that day to ask, quote, if he had heard who the last person to see the deceased alive was. So she was like, do you know who the last person to see where it was? Maybe don't call people. She also began to tell neighbours she had seen, quote, suspicious Eastern Europeans around Moira's house on Christmas Eve. Oh, okay. Very good. Yeah. So that's a nondescript. Which, what part of Eastern Europe? We yeah. don't know. We what don't part? know. One of those parts. The police also had phone records that showed from between 7.31am and 7.37am on Christmas Day, seven phone calls were made from Moira's phone. All to all to wrong numbers, all to numbers that don't exist. When investigated further, it was noted that, quote, those seven attempted phone calls made from the deceased's home phone matched seven digits in the correct sequence for the applicant's husband's work number in Dublin and then eight dig- digits in the correct sequence for his mobile number. So she just couldn't get it together. Couldn't get it together. Whoever it was couldn't get it together. Uh, and also I just put a parenthesis here Karen Walsh's husband is a man named Richard Durkin was their exes now he's a success, successful business business executive in Dublin Durkin was also appointed to the Council of Pharmaceutical Society of Ireland by the country's former health minister 
So these people mm. are very well connected and they're very wealthy, which makes what happens towards the end completely insane to me. So Karen and Richard were an extremely wealthy and connected couple, as I said. They spent their time between Dublin, where they lived in the Berkeley Court Hotel during the week. What? And then their holiday home was in Nuri at the weekends. Excuse me? Yeah. Karen the Berkeley Court w- Hotel? Yeah. yeah. Carol was described as someone who liked to drink, maybe even too much. Neighbours told of her going on a drinking... Oh, actually, mentions of animal cruelty here. Neighbours told of her going on a drinking binge for a week and leaving her pet Jack Russell puppy alone in the house without water or food. The neighbours were so concerned they were throwing food through the letterbox for the dog. Eventually, authorities were called and the dog was removed from the house. That's awful. When she moved from uh, the home, one neighbour is reported to have said, so she, she moved from Dublin to Nuri. A, a neighbour in Nuri was like, I heard when she left Dublin, everyone in the street had a party. Now, that's just, that doesn't mean anything. Because no. at the end of the day, you could say that about anybody and people think... The Berkeley Court Hotel is a shithole. That's why I question I don't it. Know. I, I This is a two-star hotel in Dublin. I've never been to this I'll place. show you. Let me see it. Because um, I knew I was like, this place is a kit. Yeah, but like... They're obviously not going to spend too much to live in a hotel if they're going to Nuri every week. I don't know this at all. Is it Seaweed Green? Uh, where is the Berkeley Court? Is it not down near the bus terminus? Oh, it's down there. Hang on. George's Street there. George's Street. Yeah, Seaweed Green. Yeah, yeah. So it's Green. Um, so that's where they were staying. What an odd. I know. Right? So how strange is that, right? way to live um, as Karen continued to speak to the police following her arrest her story began to change somewhat initially she told them that the vodka was a gift for Moira <laughs> now Moira was a devout woman and she rarely drank and when she did it was like a tipple of sherry sherry do you know what I mean that's what they all drink like but then she told them she was the one who was drinking the vodka as she sat on Moira's bed beside her it's okay so she was like oh I bought vodka for Moira as a present even though I know she doesn't drink but then I drank it Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Her story then changed to Moira having invited her over to open presents downstairs and that after this she had sat outside Moira's house. So the stories just kept... And did she even know Moira? Not that well, according to her. Okay. Now, I'll continue. Uh, when the police asked Karen if she had attempted to kiss Moira... She refused to answer, later, later stating that her legal team told her not to. Now, there's a reason they ask her this, which I will get into. Neighbours began to tell police of Moira's discomfort with Karen coming to her house. Oh, this used to happen. Her neighbours made arrangements with Moira that if Karen came over, they would contact each other and then either call Moira with a distraction or come over themselves until Karen left. So they were all looking out for her. So they were like, if she's annoying you, we'll see her because there was such a tiny little area like, and she was next door neighbours to Moira. They were like, just let us know. Send a text message. Contact us some way. We'll either phone you as like, oh, my, my blah, blah, blah is on the phone or we'll come and sit with you until People she People are way too nice, aren't they? Yeah. What's the thing? If you're like, <laughs> stop being polite. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of very telling. Do you know what I mean? For people and her, her neighbours to be like, we know you're uncomfortable. And there's something. We look after you. Weird. Yeah, like she's 81. Why are you just hanging around yeah, this woman? Yeah, like it's fucking weird. She's 81 years of age. Leave her alone. Like, um, Karen Sutlister argued that she should secure bail. So she still hadn't gotten bail. And Karen had a blemish because she had a blemish free record. She had no previous convictions. 
she hadn't done anything wrong previously apart from the dog thing and the police still had not ascertained a motive for Karen hurting Moira in any way which they hadn't and that's the number one thing that you need is a motive for the reason, this person doing this thing so they didn't have one like what was your DNA evidence? I'll get into that Karen was granted bail for £6,000 as well as handing up her passport and staying away from her property in Nori and Karen agreed so she's like okay do what we gotta do what we gotta do on Saturday the 13th of June the PS and I re-arrested Karen Walsh let me know what you think about this in a bizarre set of circumstances a former prisoner who had spent time in jail with Karen told him that Karen had intended to buy a fake passport and in order to escape the country she intended to have plastic surgery to change her appearance PS and I were then contacted by the Guardian in Dublin. They informed the PS and I that a plastic surgeon in Dublin made a report that he had received a check from Karen for Botox, but that the check had bounced. When he Googled Karen, he discovered who she was and called the Guardian. He informed them that although she had just received Botox, she had also inquired about further extensive facial surgery. Oh, okay. The PS and I took Karen into custody, but one week later she was released. Her lawyers told the PS and I that they had overreacted and that Miss Walsh was only undergoing Botox. First and foremost, I don't know how to feel about this. Let me just tell you, <laughs> even if I was innocent, yeah. I wouldn't have the capabilities, the gall or the know-how to go and get Botox when I'm under this much pressure. Pressure. Stress. And she's worried about smile lines. Right? So well, like, you were being investigated for a murder. murder. That's the first thing. The second thing is, she was clearly trying to fucking flee the company, country. She has the means. Yeah. She has money. Yeah. She is fucking going to plastic surgeons. It's also dumb as fuck to tell someone in prison this. Also, you apparently killed an 81-year-old. Like, yeah. people in prison don't like, don't like you. you. They don't like you, Fred. But yeah, it's just the whole thing I was like, Oh my god, and then her lawyers were like, Oh, this is cockababy, that's what they said. They did not. Cockababy. Cockababy nonsense. So they had to release her a week later. So on the 14th of September. I'm going to use that word tomorrow. Cockababy. On the 14th of September 2011, Karen Rankin's trial began, which was presided over by Mr. Justice Anthony Hart. The prosecution put forward that Karen's recollection of what happened was not only bizarre, but unbelievable. They questioned why Karen would come to an 81-year-old's house with vodka at midnight on a Christmas Eve, knowing Moira's illness and vulnerability. The crucifix that was used to attack Moira, Moira had markers of Karen's DNA on it, as well as markers of her DNA on Moira's breasts and chin. How would this have gotten there if Karen had not attacked her? The person who matched Karen's description sitting on the wall on Christmas Day, along with the numbers dialed on Moira's phone, were also presented. It was suggested that Karen went into a rage after Moira had questioned why she was drunk and where her young son was. So Karen did have a, a, a son. She had like a four-year-old boy. But this argument to me is very circumstantial. Super circumstantial. Like, didn't you say to her? It's also like, like It's also trying to like paint her as a terrible mum. Literally. Yeah. So like it's got its you've got yeah, it's, a, it's got those little digs in there. Yeah, it's but. painting her if she's if she could just abandon her four year old in the middle of the night. She could definitely kill an eighty one year old. She could kill this eighty one year old. Uh, the whole thing is very bizarre. So Karen's team countered that they, these claims sorry. Sorry. Karen's team I can't see. Karen's team, team countered these claims, saying they believed someone else had broken into Moira's house after Karen had left. 
Karen told the court that she and her husband had only moved into the property in Newry a year previously. She said she had only met Moira a total of three or four times. I don't believe that at all. In total, but thought that Moira was a very lovely person. If you've only met her three or four times, why are her, her neighbours like, hey, if she comes over? Yeah. Like that doesn't make any sense. Karen's solicitor mentioned a time when Karen had told Moira's neighbours that Moira's back door was open and that Moira had written her a thank you letter. Moira also bought a present for Karen's little boy. Now, Moira is a Catholic. She's very old and very sweet and was like, this woman told the neighbours that my door was open so I have to say thank you. And she wrote her a letter. Like, how sweet is that? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Also, she bought her kids a present. Yeah, because she was buying presents for every single child in the world. Sometimes I think people don't think about these these women. Like, this is an 81-year-old grandmother, a mm. sweet, kind, religious, Catholic everybody we love everybody like, that's the way she is this makes sense to me why she did this you know honestly my my uh mother-in-law bernadine has a woman that lives like one door up from her her name is christine yeah she is uber religious goes to church every day yeah like she's the sweetest kindest loveliest woman she walks her dog every day at the same time yeah she like gets lily and ava and uh yeah. All of the grand, all of Bernadine's grandkids presents, presents yeah. for Christmas. It's Lily's making her communion next year, and she's already like, "What date is it going to be? I'm coming Aww. to see you in church." But like, like I would ha- probably have like seven interactions with her a year. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like she is just, and at Christmas she drinks whiskey. I always get her a bottle yeah, of whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like I've never been in her house. That's the thing. That's what I mean. Like about women like this. Yeah, they're we just all lovely. know them. They're just kind people. Yeah. So I think what the what the defense was trying to do was almost say, well, why would she like if Karen was such a bad person? Why would she buy her kid a present? Oh, that's not how it works. And because she doesn't hate Karen's child. Yeah. Like it's a kid. Very best to get into heaven, right? Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> literally, that's what it is. So Karen's telling of the events on Christmas Eve. So this is what she said, were that her and her husband were at home having a drink of Bailey's. Was he there? Yeah. Yeah, he's in the house. But he can't say anything. You can't, uh, it's, you can't, uh, like a husband or a wife can't go on trial for, or like go up on the stand for a husband or a wife. You know, let do that. Oh, yeah. Even if they're saying, she, nope, can't even do if it. I kill somebody and Graham's like, she fucking did nope. it. Can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's seen as like a, whatever that is like I'm sorry my brain's not working but yeah you can't okay so I can't help you <laughs> they were having a drink of Bailey's and Karen then left to give Moira her present of a bottle of vodka note that some of Moira's neighbours told the police that Karen had turned up drunk to their homes that night trying to drink vodka with them but they had asked her to leave oh for fuck's sake <laughs> stop She's it did she just leave her house yeah. and knock on people's door yeah I was like hey I'm a bottle of vodka what get what a party <laughs> And all these people The funniest part about this Is like All these people These are in a little Like OAP area Like none of these people Are like 27 Even when you're 27 We used to have a neighbour That used to knock in Whenever she'd be out On the piss She was just trying to sleep With Graham And it was so obvious But like I'd be like Fuck off Her name is Deborah. I'd be like Fuck off Deborah. Get out of here Deborah. Get the fuck Get out of here Deborah. So, um, so she's wandering around knocking on people's doors being like hey. <laughs> telling and then telling the police that this bottle of vodka was for Myra is a gift for an 81 year old woman with chronic asthma right so Karen said she buzzed Moira's door and Moira let her in which obviously maybe did happen 
Uh, she then went upstairs to find Moira sitting in a recliner with a blanket over her. Karen said she hugged Moira and kissed her on the chin. Uh, I remember earlier why the police were like, did you kiss her? Um, and that Moira had kissed and hugged her back. She said that they talked for a while and Karen or- offered Moira a drink of the vodka, which was a gift for Moira apparently, but then she was open on it. Oh, okay. But that Moira, Moira declined. Karen then opened the bottle and began drinking from it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> right. Karen stated that Moira began to get wheezy and Karen helped put her neighbour, put her in an embolizer and get her into bed. She then went downstairs to look for Moira's inhaler, which she said she'd previously seen downstairs. So when the guardie, because the downstairs was a bit of a wreck as well, the, not the guardie, even the police were like, why is the downstairs in bits? And she was like, oh, I was looking for her inhaler. So that was what she said. Being unable to find it... This is before and after she punched her in the face. Instead, she took a mince pie off a tray in the living room and sat on the couch and ate it. Sorry, this woman's apparently having a full-blown yeah, asthma attack. She says, there's... Eating a, a mince, mince pie. Sounds like something Graham would do. Yeah. Karen said she left the house around 2am, slamming the door behind her and climbed over the wall to her own house. She got into bed beside her husband where she told him she was worried about Moira's health and that she hoped she was okay. You're so worried why you call an ambulance. What? Why did you get out? What the fuck? How is this your defence? This woman's upstairs gasping for air. You're drinking out of a vodka bottle. You go downstairs and eat a fucking mince pie then hop the wall and go, I hope she's all right. You couldn't call an ambulance, Karen? This whole, this thing is... She then said she fell asleep and didn't wake up until 11am the next day to see on teletext that Moira was dead. Teletext. Remember that? Packed it, booked it, fucked off. Packed it, booked it, fucked off. Photographs were shown to the jury of Moira's living room where she had a Christmas tree and presents underneath. Beside this was a tray with cookies and mince pies. They were then shown the image of Moira upstairs laying on the ground covered in a blanket. Imagine, imagine being her family and just sitting in a court and this shit's been shown. Yeah, no, it's devastating. Arthur, Moira's brother-in-law, gave evidence of finding Moira. He said her room was in disarray, with clothes strewn about and an antique mirror lying on its side. Brenda Rankin gave evidence stating that this was the first Christmas that Moira ever spent on her own, but that she was due to come to Brenda's on Christmas Day. Brenda spoke of finding her mum, believing initially it may have been natural causes until she walked through the house and noticed clumps of her mum's hair all over the bedroom. What? Clumps of her hair. Jesus. I mean, this was incredibly violent. Yeah. The Rankin siblings described Moira as, quote, meticulous, and that the state her house and she was left in was incredibly distressing for them. They also stated once again that Moira was not someone who partook, partook in drinking, only ever having a sherry once in a blue moon. Was there anything found in her system? Like no alcohol? alcohol, nothing. Toxicology report was clean. Completely. Paul Rafferty was next to give evidence. He reiterated that he had seen a blonde woman sitting outside Moira's house on Christmas Day, Christmas Day morning. But upon having been shown a picture of the back of Karen's head, he stated that the person he saw must not have been Karen as the accused had much shorter hair. But like, men. You know what I mean? Professor Jack Crane was called to give evidence in which he stated that the rigorous blow to Moira's head along with her underlying conditions of asthma and high blood pressure were what had caused her death. He said that there was bruising from the top of Moira's scalp to the bottom of her chin which were caused by an attack with an object. Moira had suffered such a severe attack that a blood clot had formed in her brain. 
81 years old. Crane said that Moira had been sexually assaulted, but this had been done by an object and not penetration by another person. So oh, now it's a further. So she was uh, penetrated by an object. The defense then called Dr. Gilsonen, who had carried out his own examination in Moira's body. He concluded that the bruising all over Moira's face was caused by the clumps of hair being pulled out and not blunt force trauma. Oh. Seems like, yeah, she's got all that bruising because people were pulling her hair out. No, that's not why she has bruising. That's not why she's bruising from the top of her scarf to the bottom of her chin, sir. Because people were pulling her hair out. It's because she was beaten into the face. Yeah. Where did they get this motherfucker like? He also believed that the bruising on Moira's body was probably done when she fell against her bed frame after taking her crucifix down off the wall. Why would she take her crucifix down off the wall? He also disputed Moira's sexual assault. Quote, so this is from the trial papers. His opinion was that they were caused by a condition known as senile atropic vaginitis. Atropic? Tropic. Although he did not examine the body personally, he said this was the most common non-malignant cause of postmenopausal vaginal bleeding. He described the condition as one which, without infection, can cause intense itching, vaginal discharge and mucus ulceration. But she didn't have bacteria vaginal. However... Neither Professor Crane or he himself had found any evidence of muscular ulceration or inflammation. So he was just pulling shit out of his ass. Professor Crane stated that the idea of Moira having bruises from her hair torn out or vaginal bruising due to a condition that he could not find on her body was, quote, absolutely incompatible. Yeah. So on Monday 26th of September, William Armstrong, a senior forensic scientist, gave evidence on the crucifix found in Moira's room. He told the court that he conducted imprint tests on the crucifix and stated there was, quote, strong support that the crown of thorns had created the indent on Moira's chin. Oh, This just seems really personal. Do you yeah, know what She I mean? loved, like, God. She had a and was really religious. Wall. Yeah, just the whole Like, just the whole idea of, like, take... And, like, I get, I'm not mer- religious. No, neither am I. But, like, you ha- like, when you are, like, you have deep faith yeah. and connection to that. She, like, and also, in... When you are religious, it's supposed to keep you safe. And like the one thing that she loved, yeah, like they, it's like they hurt her with it. Like, like. just like she's one. She's eighty one years of age. She's old. She's by herself. She's got asthma. It's Christmas. Like, it's fucking the one, Eve. Like Christmas Eve, where she hasn't gone to her yeah. family. She's been feeling shit, and then on top of that, you're gonna like strip her of her dignity, dignity. and her religious belief. It's horrific. Like to be like, I'm gonna beat you with the thing that you like most. Have faith you, in. This is what you honor. You honor God, and I'm going to take that, and I'm going to absolutely ruin you with it. Like it's like, beyond horrific. It's poor, poor, and her poor children. She's naked. Yeah, it's just so. It's degradation at its finest. Like, yeah. It's so like when I was reading about it, like last week I was reading about it. Like, I was just like, I hate this so much. Like, I don't. Her family are. Like, how do you? Oh, how do you? How do you know that that happened to somebody you love? Yeah. And like go to court every week, and sit there and, and, sit there and like like show pictures. Oh man, it's anyway. Uh, whilst being cross-examined, Mister Armstrong was asked if the nebulizer could have caused the markings on Moira's chin. To which he said he completely disagreed. Like it was, the, you know, the way that's it was like the indent on her. Yeah, chin but like your like. nebulizer is like I had a nebulizer. Isn't that just go? It's just a big mask yeah, yeah. that goes over your face. So Susan Woodruff, a forensic scientist, was next to be called to give evidence on the DNA found in Moira and in her home. Now, I'm going to read this verbatim from the Judiciary NI because it's quite 
long and detailed and I don't want to fuck it up. So out of the 20 markers present in DNA, only 11 were relevant in the specific circumstances of this present case. The analysis revealed that in relation to the sample taken from the chin, all 11 markers matched that of the application, giving a match probability of one in a billion. So basically her chin, they were like, that's her. The mark, the DNA in her chin is 100% Carol. Okay. Okay. In relation to the right breast, 10 out of the 11 markers were present, but the DNA was at too low of a level to give a match probability. Okay. In relation to the left breast, nine of the 11 markers were present, but again, the DNA was at too low of a level to give a match probability. In relation to the crucifix, 10 of the 11 markers were present, but similarly, the DNA was at too low of a level to give a match probability. So they were basically saying her chin, 100%. The rest of it, there is a possibility, but we can't say for certain because it's not a full probability. <coughs> Sorry. Oh. The defence argued that the reason DNA was so strong on Moira's chin was because Karen had given her a kiss there when she greeted her. Now, her initial uh, conversations with the police, she never mentioned this kiss. It was never brought up. They asked her, did you kiss her? And she was like, I'm answering that. So she never came forward with that information. Then, when information came to light about what was going on, all of a sudden it was, I kissed her on the chin. Okay. Karen Walsh was next to take the stand. Karen relayed her story um, as she. Isn't that an odd place to kiss somebody? Literally the first thing I thought who kisses someone on the chin? Like, even if it's someone like, you know, my granny or something. Like your cheek. Cheek, head. The chin? Like below your lips. No. On your chin. Is a very, Were you going for the lips? Is a very odd Did place. Did she move? What's happening here? Like. The chin? Let me, let me come over to me. And I have hairs there. That's yeah, weird. Because the other person's face has to be up like that. I just kissed Emma's chin and I never want to do it again. No, I loved it. <laughs> but like, that's the thing. It's We're a, gay now. We're gay now. This is how you become gay. Uh, it's a weird place. That's the first thing I thought when I read it. I was like, why is she kissing her on the chin? It's a very odd place to kiss somebody. But then she's locked. I don't know. Karen relayed her story as she had told the police previously, adding that she did become a little drunk and lay at the bottom of Moira's bed. Karen said that although this may seem odd, it was Christmas and Moira was fine with it. Sorry, Scott. Like, this is insane. I'm not laughing at... I'm just laughing at the absolute insanity of this. What's wrong with this woman? What is wrong with Leave this Leave this lady alone. What are you doing? She's 81. She in her bedroom with her. In her bedroom. Like, the woman's... Tra- it's midnight. Let her sleep. But she was watching Midnight Mass, so... Ugh. Karen said her concern for Moira was such that she had asked Moira to come and stay in her house for the night. She said that Moira thought about it but declined saying her family would be arriving the next Myra morning. Moira said you crazy bitch. Get the fuck out of my gaff. Karen I need you to fuck off. Get out. And you're living up to every fucking expectation of the name. Yeah. 100%. When, when questioned on her conflicting statements, Karen said she does not know why she didn't tell the police all the details of what had happened but that she believed it wasn't important at the time. So like the kiss thing and the laying, All right, okay, laying yeah, at the bottom of her bed and drinking the bottle of vodka out of the bottle or whatever. So the prosecution... She's drinking straight vodka. Down in it, out of the bottle. So she said she had two or three sips and then when they got there, they were like two thirds of the bottle was gone. Sarah, I will be dead. Head on my arse. On my arse, like. 
The prosecution questioned Karen. There'd be DNA all over the place. There'd be vomit in every area. The prosecution questioned Karen as to why she would be going to an elderly person's home at midnight with alcohol. And Karen responded that she was just being nice and that she'd only ever been nice to Moira. She also vehemently denied touching the phone in Moira's home. So she's like, I didn't, I didn't ring anybody. Even though all those numbers are pretty much my husband's mobile number and work number, just a bit mixed up because maybe somebody had drunk two thirds of a maybe bottle I of vodka. Was yeah. So Karen told the court she did not attack or hurt Moira in any way whatsoever that night. The prosecution put it to Karen that Moira was judgmental. Now this is where I started to kind of be like, okay, we're 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 digging, we're digging. I understand why you think she did it, but we're also digging in the dirt here, lads. Digging in the dirt. Prosecution put it to Karen that Moira was judgmental of Karen's lifestyle. That she believed, that they believed Moira had condemned Karen for not being with her husband and child late on Xmas Eve and that this had enraged Karen. Yeah, that doesn't sound like that. Fueled with alcohol, Karen punched and hit Moira, then grabbed the crucifix and beat her. In her panic state, Karen decided that she could make the entire thing look like a botched robbery and a sexual assault. So she undressed Moira, sexually assaulted her with an object, then threw her clothes around the room and made the downstairs look torn apart. Karen said no, no, and shook her head. So this is where I'm a bit like, how can you make, how can you like say that as a certainty? Couldn't this woman just have done those things? Yeah. Like, why does she need to have been, Why does like, she need to be, like, enraged at Moira? And I just, part of me is kind of like, I don't think Moira let this woman into her house at midnight then was like, you're a shit ma. Yeah, like, like, I don't think that happened. I don't think Moira had the keep. I don't think Moira was the type no. of person to be like, like from, uh, you, you're a how fucking dare disgrace. You? Like, I think she was slightly afraid of Karen. Yeah. From what the neighbours had said. So I doubt she was going to antagonise a woman who was full of alcohol, drinking it out of the bottle at the end of her bed. Jesus. This is a nightmare. So, the prosecution then asked if Karen had used Moira's phone as she believed she'd been locked out of her own home and wanted to ask her husband to let her in. He said uh, that in her panic she had tried to dial his number but got confused. So they were like, oh, so you were ringing your husband because you were like, I don't think I can get back into my house because the door is locked so I have to ring my husband to let me back in. And I was like, I feel like, I don't know. But then, I don't know. I don't know. Why were the numbers there? I don't know. I don't know. Defence called a forensic expert from the United States, Professor Dan Crane. Not to be confused with the other gentleman that I was talking about before. It's a different Crane. And via video link, he told the court, quote, that where the DNA is at too low level to give a probability match, an expert should give a finding of inconclusive and refrain from stating how many markers matched because it, because it is the probability match, which is the conclusion rather than the number of matching marker. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Like her chin... Yeah, like that was fully her. You're essentially leading the That's jury. the thing, yeah. The defence and prosecution both rested and the next day the final arguments were made. The prosecution stated that Karen Walsh had told a, quote, tissue of lies. The evidence against Walsh, they said, was overwhelming, but of course circumstantial. The defence stated that Karen's DNA was not found in any of the items strewn across um, Mar- Moira's house, which it wasn't, and that the DNA that was found could be easily explained away. They also argued that any lies Karen had told could simply be things that were left out in error and in no way meant she was guilty. On, on October the 4th, the jury returned after two hours. Karen Walsh was found unanimously guilty of the murder of Moira Rankin. Mm. 
Upon leaving the court, Karen turned to the judge and stated, I am completely innocent. Outside the court, the Rankin stated that they felt no sense of euphoria. Quote, it was just a quiet time of calm and peace that justice had been done. Now I feel like we can breathe again. On the 28th of October, Justice Hart passed down Karen's sentence. He believed that Karen had not meant to kill Moira. That might. Mentioning that Moira's broken ribs most likely came from Karen trying to resuscitate her. But the brutal attack and the degradation she brought towards the 81-year-old were utterly heinous. A psychiatrist's evaluation that was given about Karen was brought forward in which it mentioned that she had had a psychotic break in April 2008, which led to a bout of binge drinking. Remember the thing I told you about the dog? Mm. She left the dog there because she had a psychotic break a month, like, oh, okay. mad hair. However, because Karen maintained her innocence and refused to be considered mentally unwell or incapacitated, Judge Hart could not use this as a mitigating factor in the case. Now, she had done that. Yeah. Problem was, if she had said, yeah, listen, I have these problems... It, 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 that, it would have been like oh that led to you doing this do you know what I mean mm. they would have used she was like I'm not I didn't do this so I'm not saying that Karen was finally sentenced to 20 years in prison <gasps> the Rankin family spoke to the media stating that although they were content with the sentencing they felt left down let down by the judiciary system they stated that they were not given prompt or up to date information and instead had to attend every single hearing and court date. They said this led to them being in close proximity with Karen Walsh. She would sometimes sit beside them and stare at them or follow them through the halls of the court or into the bathroom. Oh, God. Mere weeks after sentencing, Karen launched an appeal. During this time, it came to light that Karen Walsh was on legal aid and had changed her defence team a number of times. This would ultimately lead to a €218,000 payout by taxpayers for her trivial and subsequent trial, sorry, and subsequent appeals. This woman was minted and her husband was minted and she was getting this. There was public outcry with people. To, now, I know before anybody starts, everybody is allowed. Seek legal aid. Everybody. Everybody, the fucking Queen of Sheba is allowed to seek legal aid. I get that. So this is, there was public outcry with people demanding Karen Walsh be made pay back the 218000 Karen and her husband not only owned businesses, but also various properties throughout the country. And the idea of someone of her means receiving legal aid was horrendous to some people. Mm. Karen uh, sorry, appealed three times, which each one of them being based on the inconclusive DNA. Karen's team, who had changed again, argued that the entire case was completely circumstantial and that Judge Hart had not instructed the jury correctly. During her appeal in 2015, Lord Chief Justice Sir Declan Morgan confirmed, we have no sense of unease about the safety of this conviction. Her second appeal was also dismissed and the Supreme Court refused to overturn her conviction. Karen Walsh was to serve her 20-year sentence. Now, I don't know if she's tried anything since because I haven't seen anything. So, in 2019, Brenda spoke to the Belfast Tar Telegraph about the effects her mother's murder had on her family. She said, quote, It's always difficult coming up to Christmas time. I thought back then I would never get over what happened. I've done my best to move on and be as strong as possible with the help of family and friends. <coughs> they are, of course, there are, of course, flashbacks to those dark days with the murder in December 2008. We all miss mummy very much, but like, but life has gone on in our family. Over the past year alone, there have been two family weddings and four births, times when we have come together as a family to celebrate happy events. But it's important to all of us that we pass all the lovely memories of mummy and daddy to their grandchildren and great-grandchildren, keeping their spirit alive in a positive way. 
And that is the case of the murder of 81-year-old Moira Rankin. Horrific. Fucking horrific. So let's talk about her, her appeals. So on one of the appeals, they stated that what they think has happened happened is that Karen came in, did whatever she did, that weird shit, and left. And then Moira had been known to leave her back door open which she had happened before and she wrote that letter. They believe that uh, somebody came in, murdered her and then left. So that was the argument that they put forward. The judges were like, no, that makes no sense. But I'm like, I don't know, does it? I don't know. And then obviously that one about the DNA. There's no DNA evidence Emma, of anybody, anybody else. Anybody, but I see the thing is there any tests for anybody else? They didn't test for anybody else. That's the thing. It's like they had her and they were like, we believe she did it. And like this woman being a weirdo and being weird towards old people and being a bit does not mean that she murdered an 81 year old. And I think a lot of what the defense, sorry, the prosecution were doing was that they were painting her as an alcoholic, a bad parent. Well, she is an alcoholic. She is an alcoholic, but like in the sense that, you know, well, she's an alcoholic. So then, you know, definitely like her behavior weird weird as fuck I mean she has been prosecuted she is in jail doing her time for this so I'm not to say who did or who didn't justice has apparently been served I just find this very odd can I say something yes of course I was wanting you to say something you find it odd because she's a woman oh maybe that's what it is like you find like I find it odd because I'm like why the fuck would a woman do this because when I said when I said when I said in the case a woman was arrested you were like what you know I was yeah, like what yeah, yeah, yeah. but like their argument you was you find it odd because like listen I get that like right you're saying they didn't find, look for anybody else but they examined all the DNA in her yeah. body and the marker information as much as that is leading the jury it's also telling you that nobody else was really there it was there. her she was right? there yeah, yeah so yeah. like there isn't enough of it for us to say that it's her. Yeah. But all of those markers indicate and match to the full sample that we have. Yeah. But we just don't have enough of it to be like, definitely. And we'll ask you, how do you feel about this, right? How do you feel about a, a person like her who has no previous incidents of violence or anything like that, that we know of because she's very wealthy so sometimes they get away with these things, attacking an elderly lady and then in the midst of the attack going, oh shit, she's dead trying to resuscitate her that didn't work and then going oh I know what I'll do I'll make this look like a robbery and then I'll sexually assault her with an object to look like a man no I don't think that happened like I just I don't think I don't think she like I don't I don't think that she set this up yeah no I know I I, I think it was done I think she I think she sexually assaulted her and do you think it was that she was trying to do you think that the sexual do you think that the sexual assault was not done because she was trying to cover something up? Do you think it was done because she wanted to sexually assault Moira? Yeah. Okay. So like I know of a case in Valley Fermit. Okay. Went to court. I know the family that it happened to. It was publicized in the media, but it didn't like give the family name and stuff, and the individual has remained anonymous. Her son came home drunk and sexually assaulted her. Oh, God. In the court case, he said that she had been coming home drunk continuously throughout his life and sexually assaulting him. Oh. Now, the first instance was found 
like guilty it did happen she had been sexually assaulted and been raped by her son okay second instance hadn't been found to be true because there was no evidence of it right because no no, nothing was ever uh, brought forward to the guards throughout those attacks so that didn't happen in the court of law law, that that didn't didn't happen. happen okay but things happen when people are very very drunk yeah and like this woman had drank a third of a bottle of vodka two thirds of a bottle of vodka to herself yeah and had also been drinking at home before Previously she drank it before she came out yeah. and had had a psychotic break yeah. and had been known to be bothering this woman had like, been showing up like lying at the bottom of her lying bed lying at the bottom of her bed but had been like showing up at her house and she'd been unable to get rid of her so much that the neighbours were like ring us and we'll come over because this does sound like some dude stalking a woman right yeah. so it sounds like and it may not be so incredibly sexual. It may be something completely different. That's yeah. It may be, I, it may be just like a, a vastly but different. The thing. reason you're struggling so much with it is because she's a woman. I think I'm like, also. Str- it's so unusual. so unusual, and I'm also struggling with it because it's an elderly woman. It's an elderly woman, and also when I'm reading, okay, you can actually read the case note, the entire trial of this on NI Judiciary. When I was reading the prosecution's case. It was reading to me like two people went into a room and were like, right, what how, What do we make up? You know, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? And that's what it was like. So you went into her house and then she said you're a shit mother and you were like, yeah. how dare you? And beat her but to death. But that goes back to like, were her, were her defense just men? Yeah. 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 Right. Because like yeah. men, like what's the worst thing a woman yeah. can be? Oh, a terrible a mother. A terrible, terrible mother. Like, it's just, she killed a fucking Jack Russell a couple of months ago. Would yeah, you not use that? Like that's... That that and that was the neighbors being like like the neighbors didn't like Karen clearly. Well, Karen like, seems like she was clearly a problem. She was, and I think she had a lot of issues as well. And I just the whole thing, man, the whole thing is so bizarre. And all I hope is that her family have peace because. And can I just ask another question? Yes. I I wanted to talk to you about this because when I was doing it last week, I was like, I just think you. I think so in the beginning, right when she's in and she's like, oh, I didn't tell them because I didn't think it was important. Yeah. If that was a man, you would have been like, they always do that. They always do that. They always do that. You did that. say that there. You were like, they, this is what they always yeah. do. But then by the end, you were like, oh, I want it. I want it because it's so heinous. It's so awful. Vile. It's so unusual yeah. because it's a woman. Um, and because it's an elderly, an, old, an older elderly woman. woman. But also because Karen's not young. No. No. Like, and she has no previous records of Nothing. any other episodes. It, def- the phone, the mobile, mobile phone the dialing number the numbers thing, yeah. Shows a real, like, state of emergency panic. and panic. Like, when I was in the car accident, yeah. I couldn't figure out how, how to, to use yeah, my phone. Yeah, I know. It's that thing where you shut and then, down, like. Finally, I figured out my phone was connected to the Bluetooth, so I got it on the dash. I was on Old Station Road in Tundalkin. I drive that road every day. I know exactly remember. where I was. I couldn't tell Graham where I was. Yeah, that's he amazing. was like, where are you? And I was like, I'm beside the garage. And he was like, what garage? And I was like, the garage with the canal. And he was like, Sarah, I don't know where you are. And I was like, when you go, I couldn't. Fig- so I, like, not that I've ever killed anybody. No, no, of course but not. But when you're in that, like, state of panic, when I tell you I couldn't get it Your normally. Shit but I knew the function of it. But that's it. That This is what I said to you a few minutes ago, right? So you were like panicking and you were like I, I know what I want to do and I understand how I'm going to I'm going to call Graham I'm going to get these things done right so that is panic but can you fake a robbery and sexually assault an elderly woman to make it look like a man did it in that sort of panic 
No, I think she did those things. And I think, see that thing where she, he was like, the so guy was awful. like, she was wearing a 1950s cardigan. That sounds like she was wearing her clothes. Could have been. And also, you know, the, uh, so when Car- Cara gave evidence, it was like when I came into her room, she was sitting on a chair with a, with a nightgown on. Nightgown was never found. Yeah, so that never sounds found. like someone was wearing, um, Moira's clothes. Yeah, could have been. Um, and it's that's just- not, dark man isn't it it's really dark and it sounds like this woman had a full psychotic break yeah. please don't think that I'm sitting here thinking that this woman didn't do this because she no 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 I know thinking, that please please don't think that's no, not what I'm thinking no but it's just a real it's just but it is it's I've sh- seen I, I could just see you trying to like class I'm trying to understand why she did it and like even when I when we were t- when I did and I saw your face and I went a woman was arrested because I was like what you know I was, you were like excuse me well, I was and then when I mentioned being like a yeah like when a, I mentioned the sexual assault as well you were like yeah, I'm like that's like, because it's it is shocking and it's unusual. Yeah, and that the whole thing is so vile. Like that poor woman, I can't. And it was Christmas Eve, and she was by herself. Like who does things like this? Do you yeah. know what I mean? But like her and her husband are finished, like separated anyway and stuff. He's still doing this thing, um, but she's still in prison. But I'd say she's probably going to try and appeal it again. But but she's she served like half her sentence now. She has an eight twenty years. Um, but uh, actually what I figured obviously I Sinead had done this case there was a part at the end of her episode where that uh, the Supreme Court shot her down but in that p- appeal Sinead said that it kind of seemed like Karen was almost going listen maybe I did attack her I was but crazy. I didn't mean for this to go as far as it did like so, and the, but that appeal was like next so yeah. I don't and know and like the so the I mean her 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 team could be like listen we might get you out sooner if you yeah admit like, part of this like, yeah and then when the judge was like but she also isn't getting any help now for her mental no. health she's in fucking she's not, prison, she's in like, prison and when the judge was like you know uh, uh, you obviously tried to resuscitate her you broke her ribs trying to resuscitate her you know, people were like, how would a woman break... This one was 81 years old. Oh, sorry. People don't know enough about CPR. Yeah. If I'm breaking, like, if I'm doing CPR on your, you, I'm breaking your ribs. That's it, like... Like, you know, there is... There's a whole thing where it's like, uh, when you do the first aid thing, they're like, you're just trying to... Keep them alive. Keep them alive. Yeah. Everything else is like, you can fix... Circumstantial. You can just get every, that fixed. Everything else you can fix. I can fix a broken rib. Yeah. I can fix eight of them. <laughs> I can fix 16 of them if I need to. But if I don't do... But this if you're dead, I can't yeah. do anything about it. <laughs> so like, you do break ribs. And he said that in the... In the... When he was speaking to her, because he was like, I know it, part of him was like, if you had just admitted to this, mm. I would have given you a lesser sentence because this showed that you wanted this woman Remorse, to Remorse, yeah. But she won't. She's like, I didn't do this. So the entire time there was no give with her. She's like, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. I didn't do this. So even the psychiatric evaluation on her, they couldn't get a proper, he couldn't get a diagnosis of her because she was refusing. She's like, I'm not crazy. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm perfect. I'm a perfect side of mind and body. Because if she had said, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit, you know, woo, uh, they would have been like, oh, so the crazy person. Like It all leads back to them trying to convict her. And she's yeah. smart enough to know that. So... But yeah, it's deeply upsetting. If anybody is from that area or knows, because I'm sure I'll get somebody telling me, please let me know. Yeah, because I only know what I've read. I don't know these people personally. I don't know Karen. I don't know Moira. I don't know Moira's family. Um, It's just deeply, deeply sad and horrible. And the whole outcome is awful. So yeah, awful. Like they're never getting their mum back and for them to know. And that little boy has lost his mum. He doesn't have a mum. No. His mum is gone. Like... What do you do with that? But anyway, 
Uh, yes, deeply upsetting. No song at the end of this. No song. <laughs> There'll be no song. No more songs. Songs uh, are over. We're sorry about that. Um, but yeah, thank you to everybody for listening. And once again, just for the live show, we're gonna sh- we're gonna try and sell some stuff. Uh, just for the live show, uh, once again, the tickets are hopefully going on sale this Monday, the 29th. And the uh, second show will be in the Sugar Club on Wednesday, September the 20th. Uh, obviously, we will make absolute confirmation of that, but just because the last time what happened is, once again, apologies for this. Uh, just, you know, they weren't great at communication, so we didn't know when the tickets were going on sale and it kind of all went to shit. So we didn't give you guys a chance to get ready to buy I'm the telling tickets. you fucking <laughs> if you don't buy these tickets I'll never financially recover this is the one we need to buy them for because now I'm on a second show yeah like so what, just once again sorry about that it was a bit of a shit show communication I'll never do another episode ever again if they don't sell we're quitting if you don't buy guilt trips guilt. if you don't buy these tickets Sarah and I are quitting and I won't be able to feed my child so Lily will starve and Emma's got no In job now eye. I'm an angel. But yes, thank you so much to everybody who bought tickets, and we will be back next week. Oh, yeah, bye, everybody. Bye, buddy. Bye. Call it. She said it's just a phase. The mother's milk gone sour, it fermented with our Trying to be that bitch uh, I'm just up here trying to make a difference Drinking for the nerve but I'm all fucked up And I'm worried about my hair and my makeup Makeup uh, I made me matter for a minute For about an hour I was all up in it Now I'm locked down shivering the second hand shade And I hate on every choice that I ever made Ever made This life just isn't to my taste Just a dream, just a dream, but I can't unsee what I've seen, what I've seen. I'm a killer, I'm a villain, I'm a fiend, I'm a fiend, but it's only a dream, it's only a dream. I rest my case. It's just a dream, just a dream, but I can't unsee what I've seen, what I've seen. I'm a killer, I'm a villain, I'm a fiend, I'm a fiend, but it's only a dream. Super villain origin story Cause not too long ago I was just a regular girly Too preoccupied with boys And spending all of my money On some see-through material Just to cover my body That's right. That one night I had an accident That set me apart I was exposed to an element And it captured my heart Yeah, those ill-begotten daughters Of the glamorous game Yeah, they gave me a home And let me pick my new name So I took to the stage Just like a knife to an artery And I gave you my spirit And made this killer a part of me I'm no longer a Slamming shots at the bar I'm living off cocaine and ecstasy And I'll murder my friends Said I can't put my enemies Till the day I decided to keep the monster inside of me But I can't leave it in its place So I beat my face Tell myself it's just a dream, just a dream But I can't unsee what I've seen, what I've seen I'm a killer